creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. My name is Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator. This show is where we explore what it takes to build a thriving, well-balanced creative practice. Let's go. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AndyJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Are you doing a million things, but not really getting anywhere? Like, are you exhausted from scrambling in 10 different directions and yet not really feeling like you've achieved anything? Let's get into exactly what's going on here, but stay until the end of this episode for my diagnostic tool called the three nouns that will help you start to fix this tricky, overwhelming issue. Now, Longtime listeners of the show know that the theme song of this podcast is by Yoni Wolf, and all the music on this show is from his band, Why. I'm a major fan, have been since college. It's like this confessional indie rock rap, and Yoni has hilarious and extremely poignant lyrics that I deeply relate to in so many ways. He has this one line that I think perfectly captures this feeling I'm describing. It's something about how uh, he's moving slow like an exercise bike on an airport walkway. And I've felt that feeling so many times, like you're pedaling like mad, but you're just not getting anywhere. A creative practice can feel like that oftentimes, 
creativity isn't always fast paced. And I think that's totally fine, but the world is fast paced. And I think for me, you've got to try to strike a balance somehow. And sometimes it's not the natural creative process that's slowing you down and has you on that hamster wheel. It's that you're trying to do everything at once and not really doing any of it well. I am playing 800 different emotions. Well, try to play one of them right. I've been feeling like that a lot lately and it's helped me to recenter myself on some core values I have around focus. You might be thinking, Andy, you're like the most ADHD guy I've ever known or heard from. How are you going to teach me anything about focus? Well, it's taken a lot of hard lessons, learned the hard way to focus enough to publish books and stay on course on this podcast for 10 years. And think about it this way. Who do you think knows more about how flight works? A bird that just does it intuitively or a freaking wildcat that's got a jetpack, man, that he built himself. That's me. I am that wildcat and my flight is focusing. Um, <laughs> I've had to read so many books on the topic to do pretty much anything in my life or this creative journey. And I've picked up a thing or two along the way about how even the most unfocused humans like myself can find enough focus to get something done. But if you don't know, ADHD people have memory issues too and issues with object permanence. So if I don't have those lessons right front and center in front of me, they don't even exist. And maybe you can relate to that as well. So think of it like this. Maybe it's like you own a pizza restaurant and you were struggling to get people through the door. So you thought, hey, maybe we need salads. That makes sense. Pizza, salads, it works. You're covering a few different bases. And that helps. And you're like, well, how about chicken wings? I mean, come on, chicken wings. That's going to get a few extra people, a few extra bucks. That'll help out and we'll be able to pay the bills. So you add some burger options too, because you're like, this is just working so well. And then some chicken dippers and chicken crunchers and chicken fries and some Chinese food and waffles and crab rangoon and jalapeno poppers. And you're like, okay, now we pretty much have anything that anyone could ever want, right? Wrong, because now you have every dish imaginable on the menu. The only problem is none of them are good. You can't focus enough on any of these things to get fresh ingredients, prep them well. You're starting to cook from frozen. You just got a nasty buffet of stuff that represents options that maybe every person on the planet could be interested in. But if it's not quality, if it's not done right, if it's not better than the places next door, why are they going to come to you? You might have everyone's favorite foods, but you're not able to do any of them justice to the point of being someone's favorite restaurant. And if your creative offerings are more like a book than a menu, you're not a creative practice. You're a cheesecake factory. And in the age of the internet, you're going to have to have some level of competitive edge. You're going to have to have some level of excellence, some level of focus and passion and some unique selling point that helps you stand out from the other people. And even if you are a generalist, which I think is okay, depending on the type of work you do or uh, what kind of shop you run or creative job you have, I think it's fine, but you're going to have to have a focused menu 
that has some thought behind it, that has some consideration for how much time these things take, how much money people are willing to pay for these things. Like all of these things have to be uh, in sync with each other. And you can't just solve your creative problems by adding new products, more side dishes, more options, more and more and options until you are so bogged down and so exhausted and so split in a million different directions that you can't achieve anything worthwhile. Now, it's true, running a creative practice is always going to contain many moving parts. I'm not saying otherwise. I know we live in a super busy world. I know that the demands on us are beyond what's fair, and it's a fantasy to think we could focus all our energy at just being great at one or two things. But what I am saying is that prioritizing and focus is essential to getting anything to work, including even something as wild and unpredictable as a creative life is. But if you're on board for finding some level of focus to bring some clarity and some sanity to your practice in such a way that you put one foot in front of the other long enough to get somewhere interesting, let's talk about how to actually do it. You know, it makes sense that we get to this place because when things are desperate, I run around in 10 different directions throwing everything in the kitchen sink at my problems. Like I am not level-headed. I'm not focused. I'm just throwing a million things at the problem, just hoping in a mad dash kind of panic mode that one of these things will fix it. But what I've found to be helpful in real life is when it hits the fan, that's when you need to be at your most level-headed. And usually when things hit the fan, it's going to always take longer than you hope it will to fix the problem. And you need a solution that you can show up consistently with in that direction to really not just put a Band-Aid on the thing, but to heal it. And so if that's you today, give yourself a small window, give yourself a couple of hours just to go through the exercise that we do in this episode. Even if your creative house is on fire, which I'm sure a lot of people's are right now, the economy's weird, the internet's weird, tech is weird, the world, the global state of affairs are weird. Your creative house probably has a few fires that need to be fought. Um, but just gather a little space and put your head down and identify a path that can help you solve the most pressing need and double down in that direction. If you're the restaurant who went from pizza to an everything buffet, you realize you need to pare things back, what are you gonna do? You're going to start by diagnosing the problem as precisely as you can. It's not just you're not making enough money. That's a very broad problem. It's not just money. It might be that cash flow is the problem. But what is behind that problem? Is it the profit margins are just too thin? Is it that you don't have enough customers getting in the door? Is it, you, is it if you have not enough customers, why? 
Is it the location? Have things changed in the place where you put your stuff? You know, we're not just talking pizza here. We're talking Instagram. We're talking YouTube. We're talking TikTok. We're talking about whatever. Where do you put this stuff? Um, we're talking newspapers. We're talking magazines. Uh, is it the location or is it the menu? Is it that the product that you're creating really isn't in demand anymore? Is it the quality? Is it the bad Google reviews? Like you have a bad reputation because you haven't been meeting your obligations or you've been talking crap or you've been, you know, stirring stuff up or not replying to clients or whatever. Like don't jump to solve the solution. So often the solutions that I run towards say more about my insecurities than the actual problems that I have. There are so many times where things go south and I jump to the thing that I'm most concerned about, that I'm most insecure about, probably wrongfully so, and I put all of my energy into over hyper vigilantly addressing that thing when in reality, it's not the problem that needs to be solved. It's just something that I am insecure about. Often I get so overwhelmed, I want to jump to a solution. And too often, like I said, I let those insecurities decide what the problem is rather than taking the necessary time to do the research and really figure out what is the root of this. If I'm not getting traction on that platform anymore, if the numbers are down, if the, if the inquiries through email are down, are the things that I was doing before not working and what are those things? And I suggest before you rush to a solution and just start throwing stuff at it, that you pause and you don't even come up with any solution and you spend this hour or two hours that you're working through this, just trying to get to the bottom of what's the real problem here? And you might need to send some emails out. You might need to inquire from some friends. You might need to do some Google searches about the industry you're in and get signed up to the email newsletters that give you a heads up of, is this a me problem or is this an everybody problem? And what is the problem? And then go have conversations. You know, so many of my career breakthroughs have come from casual conversations with people that do similar things to me and them saying, hey, you know, I struck gold over in that riverbed and that creek bed over there. Over there, that creek, man, I found a couple of shelves on the arrowheads. I can get into this mode of, oh no, my reach is down. My work must suck. I need to update it. I need to refresh things. I need a new website. I need to learn new software. I need a new palette. I need to adopt a new trend. I need to go viral, man. I gotta go viral. <laughs> when in reality, if I dug a little bit, if I just asked around, if I even touch base with some clients and say, hey, what, what are you excited about? Like maybe... You, Get them on your podcast. Maybe have a conversation with them. Do an interview with them. Ask them what's exciting, what's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Do what it takes to find out what is the real problem. If you dig a little, like the restaurant, maybe they realize it's not the food. It, maybe they realize it's location. Maybe I need to start a catering company that leaves this location and goes out to where the audiences already are. More often than anything, I get on that treadmill, on the airport walkway, hamster wheel, 
thing where I'm overworked and I'm overstretched because I've started throwing solutions at a bunch of problems I don't even have. And so before you get to thinking about what solutions might work, you need to have an idea of what the problem is. If you're a doctor, you don't just prescribe medicine if you're any good without being certain that you understand what the problem is because you're gonna make things worse, you're gonna create other symptoms and you're gonna muddy the waters. And when you get to that place, it's gonna be even harder to figure out what the underlying problem really is. And so let's talk about how can we diagnose what the real problem is and focus our energy there. Okay, it's time for the creative call to adventure every single week on this show. Rather than just try to give you an idea and be like, isn't that cool? We try to give you something that you can put to action from this idea instantly, quickly, right after listening. So here is your CTA for this week. Determine which of these three problems your creative practice currently has with our three noun diagnostic. Okay, your CTA is put down the kitchen sink and step back from the problem from one second, step back from jumping to solutions. In fact, I gotta say, I'm so prone to jumping to solutions that when I started this episode, I was gonna give you a bunch of solutions to problems that we haven't even identified in this episode. But in fact, I'm convinced that that is the wrong move. Diagnosing the problem is maybe the most important part of the process and we need to give it the time and space it deserves. So in the next couple of weeks, I'll bring you the next pieces to this process. But for now, here's my suggestion. If you're overwhelmed running around like a cat with their head stuck in a small bucket, that's an update on running around like a chicken with his head cut off because it's just less violent. I don't know if it's uh, if it really has the same punch, but here's your creative call to adventure, the three noun diagnostic. Okay, so if you think back to grammar back in probably grade school, you'll know that a noun is a person, place, or thing. That's what a noun is. And so we're gonna go through people, places, and things and see which of these areas is something not working. Now, here, this is a simplification of the customer journey that you might find in marketing world, you know, funnels, stuff like that. They break it down into how people discover you, how they gain trust in, in what you do, how they test your product, how they subscribe, and then ultimately how you make the sale. There's a bunch of pieces even to that. But I think for creators, that's just a bit overkill sometimes. And so for me, I've broke down the relationship between me and the people that buy what I do or subscribe to my thing uh, in this noun idea because it's just easier for me to hold. And I don't need my practice to be overly focused on marketing and business. I just need to integrate 
the bare minimum of that, really. So here are the here are the three basic pieces. You need people to know about your existence, the existence of your creative work. You need a place where they can find you and connect with you. And then you need a thing. You need a product that you can sell. And if your creative practice is broken, it's one of these three pieces that isn't quite working. And I want to dive into them with a fine-tooth comb a little bit just to explain because even if it's people, place, or thing that isn't working, there may not be working for different reasons. And so I just want to give some examples. So let's go to number one, people. People is about discovery. It's about our people, our new people finding you, are the people that have already found you still getting updates from you, still getting reminders that you exist and why they are glad that they know you. Do you have that kind of relationship with people? Now, I never went to business school. I've had a business for something like 15 years. But my most of my business education probably came from The Office, specifically the episode where Michael is teaching Ryan uh, about the street smarts of business, not stuff you're going to find at fancy business school programs. And um, he has a big list of these. One of my favorites is act, react, apt. I think it is. Well, I guess they don't teach how to operate a toaster oven in business school. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And in that episode, they talk about how getting a new customer is like 13 times more expensive than keeping an existing customer. And that is known as uh, when you don't keep regular customers where you they discover you, they purchase from you, and they don't come back, that's known as churn. And it's one of the biggest problems a business can have. And uh, it's actually not 13 times. I did a little Google search. It's five to 10 times more expensive to get new customers. So if you're focused all of your energy on getting more people, new people to discover what you do, you're probably experiencing a ton of churn. I think about it like when I sign up to software, a subscription, and I go to the webpage to log in, and it takes me five clicks to even find where the login is, I can tell that company does not value existing customers as much as they do new customers. And it tells me they're not thinking enough about the product and serving the people they're already working with. And that's a really hard thing to do because there's so much pressure to get those vanity metrics, to get more people, to get more followers, more subscribers, instead of actually delivering anything of value to the people that are already signed up and spending time with you. And so it might be a people issue. It might be a thing of just you're not on enough people's radar. And that can be new people discovering. It can be nurturing the relationships you already have, but is it, it, is it just a people problem? Now you can move to step two or the next piece, which is place, where you connect. Is the location of your pizza restaurant just in a part of town that is unreliable or out of the way? We all know those restaurants that are cursed to be in this block 
of the city that's very difficult to reach. Maybe there's just a few weird stoplights and you have to go through a parking lot and it's just a strange place to put a restaurant and you just can't get people through the door whether they like you or they don't. Or maybe you're just renting a place in a part of town that has got pricey or isn't cool anymore or what, or there's just too much competition over there, whatever it is, it might be the location. And that doesn't just apply to restaurants. It applies to where you're showing up in real life and showing up on the internet. So that could be the app. I kind of feel personally that when it comes to creating anything for the internet, the thing you're creating for the internet should be the same medium that you want to get hired for. It should be the exact same thing we're going to talk about in number three, the thing. It should be the same medium. I don't think you should be making videos and videos and videos if you're trying to sell illustration to clients. Like it should be illustration. And if people aren't consuming pizza in that neck of the woods, if they're not consuming illustration on that platform anymore, you need to have a think about where are people starting to look for that thing. And it doesn't need to be millions of people. It doesn't need to be just a crazy amount of new people discovering. It just has to be a place where you can connect with the people that are looking for that particular thing. And so sometimes you get in a place like Instagram and the rent is just too high. You've been priced out. The profit margins for the type of pizza that you sell isn't a high-end enough thing to get by in that place anymore. You know, Instagram has become a very high-stakes place for people that make viral videos. If you're not in the business, if you don't have a product that is related to viral videos, uh, or at least viral storytelling or joke telling, I would get the heck out of there, man, okay? I'm not saying close your account. I'm just saying don't spend your energy trying to solve your problems there. You can still show up in a more passive way, but I recommend finding a place that is suited for the type of thing that you're gonna sell. And number three is thing, the thing that you're gonna sell. There are so many creators, myself included, that can get so caught up on the people, getting new people, or where's the place where everybody's at, and not even realize, I don't even have a product. If I got the people into the place, I wouldn't have any pizza to sell them. Like we didn't even think about that part because we didn't get that far. When in fact, I would recommend, and this is the thing that is the clincher. If you don't get anything else in this episode, this is the point. I recommend starting at number three and working backwards. I don't think you should even consider a place. I don't even think you should consider new people discovering your existence if you don't have a product that is viable. If you don't have a thing that you're selling, and you don't have an idea of how expensive does this need to be, how many would I have to sell in order to get to the goals that I'm trying to reach? And so if you have no idea what that product is, that might be the problem. And you need to go in and you say, okay, what is the product? What's the problem with it? Maybe you don't have one. Maybe you have one, but it's too cheap. The, pro the profit margin for time and resources and expenses and marketing is too expensive. 
to make this a viable product. It might be that people just aren't paying for that product anymore. And you need to do market research about with the kind of work that you do, that you think is the most valuable creative offering that you have or the one that you want to spend the most amount of time doing, where are people buying things like that? You might have to interpret it a little. You might have to reinvent it a little. You might have to shift it a little to make that product fit. But before you go into the market, before you go into getting new people, you need to have a clear idea that this product, if in the right place, if with the right people, would actually create a viable practice before you even get to those other pieces. And then once you have an idea of the thing, that's when you're going to go to number two. And you're going to say, where is the best place for this kind of thing? Where are people actually looking for this thing? When people open Instagram now for what it's offering now, they're not looking for art. They're not. They're looking for videos. They're looking for some dopamine. They're looking to just turn off their brain for a minute. And so it's dramatically shifted. Why are people going to that part of town? Why are people going to the internet? What is the thing you're trying to sell and where are people looking for that thing? That's when you go to place. And when you get the place kind of locked in, then you can start thinking about what are the things I need to do to get on other people's radar? What are the collaborations that I need to do with the other restaurants in town so that they know we exist? How do I get them through the door? Because it's so much easier once they've bought one time, once they've tasted the pizza one time, they're so much more likely to do it again. And so then you can start thinking about how do we get people through this door? All right, that's it for this week's episode. I hope that it helped you. If you are feeling like you're on a treadmill on the airport walkway with a hamster wheel on a ball, um, <laughs> trying to balance and I don't know. Uh, but if that's where you are juggling and trying to figure it out, I hope that this has helped you find some clarity in the problem that you're facing. And then after you feel like you have a guess of what that problem might be, don't stop just there. Dive a little bit deeper, have some conversations, spend the next week not rushing to implement answers to this. I know that it is tempting, especially when those problems are really, you know, barreling at you and, and taunting you. It's, it can feel like there's so much pressure to solve it as quickly as humanly possible. But the quickest route, I can guarantee you, is making sure you're solving the right problem first. And so once you have some ideas, have some conversations, do some searches, reach out to some um, people in your industry and try to get a sense of, is this problem really the problem? And once you have some of that, come back, come on back to the bonfire that is Creative Pep Talk and we'll start talking about what to do to solve some of those problems. Creative Pep Talk is your weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling picture bookmaker and illustrator for clients like Xbox and Apple. 
I pep talk teams at Creative Hubs like Warby Parker and Sesame Street, and I make this podcast because for me, it takes a whole lot of creativity just to get out of bed in the morning sometimes, let alone attempt to create a thriving creative practice. This show is just me sharing the things that seem to be helping in case they help anybody else. Shout out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and soundtrack. Huge thanks to Connor Jones of Pinning Beautiful for the sound design and editing the show. Massive thanks to Katie Chandler and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds. And thanks to you for listening. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. <laughs>